Scanners, where we talk about all kinds of dirty stuff. I'm Phil, and with me as, well, most of the time, is Matt. How are you doing tonight, Matt? I've decided tonight I'm going to bring all the energy and, I don't know, you know how it is. I'm doing well, Phil. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back. I know I haven't been here for a couple of months, so just good to see you guys again and then loving to reconnect. That's where I'm at. Well, it's, it's good to have you back. It's uh, We've all obviously been a tad busy with real life, uh, and it makes things a little, little more difficult to be here, but it's good that you're able to grace us with your presence on, on such a fine evening. Also with us is Gary, or Jumungus, or whatever we want to call you this evening. How are you doing, bud? Oh, uh, man, real life sucks. Yeah. I, I highly advise against it. Um, hockey is over. Right? Cub Scouts is over. So th- there is a silver lining there. Uh, last couple of weeks has been a little rough, but uh, glad to be here, Phil. How are you? You know, life is life. Busy time of year. Uh, lots of moving parts. Getting used to a couple new things in my life, too, that I can talk to you guys more about off air. But, yeah, like, things, things have been okay. I'm doing all right. I think that's about as well as any of us can say is that we're doing all right. That's not a bad thing. No, no. I'm going to steal your line and I'm going to make a bumper sticker that says life is life. I think that that's where the uh, silver lining is. For life is life. That is that is true. Speaking of life, is life, some more of life is with us this evening. Welcome back, Darren. I am excited to be here and I know this is normally the time where I would... Uh, come up with some witty one-liner or some allusion to what's coming up. But you know what? I figured I'd try something different tonight, and I'm just going to uh, open up the floor for any questions for me. Any questions out there? Yes, Darren. Uh, I, I have a question. Okay, Gary, uh, go ahead. Why did the Turks invade Cyprus? Oh, the, you know, Gary, that's been on my mind recently as well. I'm glad you asked. You see, the British rule after the Ottoman Empire hand-handed the region back to the Greeks. However, the British were not capable of governing both the Turkish and Cyprus cultures simultaneously, so they instituted a divide-and-rule approach to their oversight. Now, this sowed a century's worth of cultural resentment. But it can't be as simple as that. I mean, many cultures have been able to peacefully coexist and still harbor a level of resentment. Well, you're not wrong, Gary. In fact, there are quite a few similarities between our civil war and the Turkish invasion of Cyprus. Primarily viewed as a cultural dispute over slavery, the North and South had also had territorial disputes, and the South had many grievances with how it was being governed by the North. But, whereas America was still a young country, centuries of resentment had boiled just beneath the surface in Greece. Oh, okay, I understand now. So, familiarity and proximity breeds contempt. Thanks for clearing that up, Darren. Anytime, Brocephus. Or, should I say, Brocyphorus. You were away? Phil? Yeah, and I think I think we just lost any listeners that we still had. So, <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was, that was good. All right. Well, uh, obviously, the world keeps turning even when we're not here. So, Darren, how about you start us off with some things that happened while we were away? I would love to. And you know who's been away at this for so long that, uh, first of all, great job on the segue. And also, I'm ruining it because I didn't have my script up. And I've been, I haven't been away. It's been a while too long for old Darren. Yeah, but let's just get this out of the way now. 
uh, the big, big thing that happened while we were away came out of D.C., and that was James Gunn's announcement of everything that we could expect coming from the... I don't even know what they're calling it. There's a bunch of different stuff, okay? So, gun show. Right, okay, so the gun show. There we go. So his plans for the DCE movies. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that people were worried about that are remaining intact. In fact, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is about to hit theaters. Aquaman and the something or other of something. That's still happening. Blue Beetle is still happening. The Flash is still happening. Um, now, uh, in terms of the Batman and the Joker sequels, obviously both of those are still happening. They're going to be under what's called the DC Elseworlds banner, which is going to allow them to coexist alongside of whatever it is they're planning for a new continuity. And in terms of a new continuity, we're going to get a bunch of TV series that these are all going to be interconnected in terms of a here, something very, very, very uh, um, new, and they're going to try something different. It's going to be a, a larger universe of connected things like tv series and movies nothing ever like this before ever at all ever in history of anything um so tv series like creature commandos waller which is amanda waller from the suicide squad paradise loss lanterns which is the green lanterns tv series which is or is not the thing that's been in development for years and booster gold are the tv series now the movies that are uh in the pipeline right now and are official the Authority, which is a group of cast-off superhero from the old Wildstorm comics, which were absorbed into the DC continuity many years ago. A Swamp Thing movie. The Brave and the Bold, which, ready for this, will be the DC's introduction to the Batman for this continuity. Uh, so it's not going to be Battinson. It's going to be a new actor playing Batman. And finally, we're going to get an on-screen Robin. Yay! And it's confirmed to be yeah. Damian Wayne. Oh. And that pretty much killed my uh, nerd boner real fast. Um, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Superman Legacy, both of which Gunn has described as his most important project. His most important project, and the one thing he did say was that uh, Superman's trunks should never return to the big screen. So it's his most important project, and the first thing he made as a point of emphasis was Superman's trunks. Make of that what you will. Uh, no news on the futures of Black Adam Shazam after its current movie or any further Harley Quinn movies with um, Rob Margaret or whatever her name is. Margot, Robert, Robbie Rigaud. I'm sure someone can figure that one out. Um, now, early reports indicated that all current TV projects had been canceled, such as Stargirl. The Flash is airing its final season now, which will officially bring the Arrowverse to a close, which is in a lot of ways very, very sad, but, you know, everything has its time. You hear that, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Your time may be coming, um, if anything is to believe about what happens, what's going on with Ant-Man. Now, one of the things I was concerned about, as you guys might guess, was there were a lot of reports that uh, Superman and Lois, which is about to air its third season, was on the chopping block, and it was going to be done, which really upset a lot of people, because... For those watching it, uh, like myself, we're very enthusiastic about it, given that, as I've said, it's the best live-action Superman since Christopher Reeve uh, in terms of the storytelling. Now, James Gunn did uh, subsequently come out and say he sees, at minimum, one more season after this, possibly two and beyond, and it's probably going to slide into that Elseworlds banner as well, and those things will not be connected, so it's going to be able to just exist on its own and not be burdened by anything that's coming. So, um... God, lots of stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about more about this, but 
I, I don't know if I should be excited, but for the first time in the DCU, I actually see a vision happening. So, um, I, more on that, we finally, after much consternation and all kinds of stuff, that we got a look at Michael Keaton as Batman during a Super Bowl spot. Did anyone see this? Yeah. Yeah. Looking pretty good. It saw him don a very similar outfit as we last saw him 31 years ago in Batman Returns. Glimpses of the Batmobile were shown in the Batcave and an upgraded Batwing. Got to admit, got chills when I saw that. Um, it looks like this will be the grizzled yet peak Keaton Batman that so many of us have been starving for since 1992. The internet and YouTube were set ablaze by seeing him in the costume, delighting fans and already sparking rumors of another collaboration between Keaton and Tim Burton. Probably under that Elseworlds banner. Now that they have that, really smart way to go, if you think about it, because they can do whatever they want with that thing. I have already seen fan mock-ups of the new costume and custom figs. This is tremendously exciting to me as a Batman fan. He is my number two Batman of all time. Um, the movie is set to hit theaters this June, and for some reason, DC keeps trying to convince us that this movie is called The Flash. Um... I have not seen a single comment about The Flash himself regarding this trailer other than it looks very similar to the Wrong Lending television series. Um, so I'm excited for that. Let's keep this train a-rolling, though. Um, Phil, what do you got? Well, let's talk about other people returning to uh, different IPs. Uh, John Bernthal is supposedly, or reportedly at least, returning as the Punisher in Daredevil Born Again, which is the Disney Plus uh, Daredevil show that should be kicking up here relatively soon. Uh, there's some general concern circling the idea that Daredevil is joining the Disney-verse of Marvel uh, and what that's going to look like. But considering Disney Plus picked up all those Netflix Marvel shows, uh, there's some hope that he can continue to be as... Uh, interesting as he was during that uh it's it's hard to argue that punisher during that show was uh not a glowing light not that daredevil was not the best uh netflix show to begin with um you did really well on that one matt um so also tmnt mutant mayhem have you guys seen anything about this thing yet yes um, it's amazing yeah so i broke a rule because uh, I was very nervous uh, hearing... I have questions, but go on. Yeah, I can answer questions here once we're, we're done talking about it. It seems that the style that they're using is very, very similar to the style that was used for Spider-Verse, uh, which excites me beyond belief. I heard that, which is why I broke a cardinal rule and watched the trailer, uh, which is something I don't normally do. Uh, which I have touted quite frequently on this podcast, but hearing that they're using that style, I kind of wanted to see what it would look like. Luckily, in this case, the trailer gave away basically nothing. Uh, some gentle joking around with the turtles, uh, getting to hear some of the voices in action. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the voice cast of the main four. Um, they're younger people, uh, and it definitely is reflected as such in the um, in the trailer that is out there. But there are some big names that are playing some of the side characters. Paul Rudd is Mono Gecko. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman. We got Jackie Chan as Splinter. Uh, it, it, Seth Rogen is uh, Bebop. And Rock said he's John Cena. 
I'm kind of excited. Uh, it, it seems like the cast is going to be pretty solid. And if Spider-Verse said anything to me with that art style is that they can do fantastic things with it. And it truly feels like a comic book coming to life. And that makes me unbelievably excited. So, Gary, you had questions, though. Well, I mean, they're not necessarily about the story or anything, but I noticed they uh, switched up a couple of the characters a little bit. How so? Well, April, for one. Um, not not the traditional. Um, she's, been, she's been portrayed various ways throughout the years. Okay, well, I was not familiar with that. I, I, I just know I've always seen her as the uh, jumpsuit-wearing redhead for most of her time. Yeah, even in the IDW comics, she's not that okay so i mean it's not not really my wheelhouse so i'm right, sure i've right, missed right. a lot yeah and like uh, the, the, i guess the turtles are being voiced by actual teenagers so yeah i get that that's a kind of cool idea I, it, it seems interesting and i mean it'll be another another poke at it if you want a more adult uh tmnt grab last ronin or um grab the idw run so I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it's going to give me something to look forward to. Uh, anyhow, uh, Matt, there's some stuff has to have happened with Star Wars while we were away. Nope. All quiet on the Star Wars front. Awesome. Moving and on. You? Yep. So, uh, of course, we had a recent announcement <laughs> of um, both uh, the Patty Jenkins movies and the Kevin Feige uh, movie. Um, those are going to actually be shelved, so those are no longer going to be happening. Oh, damn. oh I didn't know anything about either one. <laughs> but but exactly, and I don't think anybody. Well, the only one that was actually kind of like fleshed out was a little bit was that Rogue Squadron that was supposed to be the Patty Jenkins one, and that's oh just my not god, going. they just can't get that thing going. No, no, it doesn't seem as such. And then on top of it, uh, they did assure us all that the Taika Waititi film is going to be a full go. Uh, probably expecting that. I, Forget, I think they said there was a time slot in the December 2024 calendar, so they're probably looking at that. Wow. Um, from word around the campfire is he might be starring himself in that, so I know he's always <laughs> funny. To show. What we he do knows. in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, yeah, so he's doing... <laughs> but his stuff is full go, and obviously we understand that most of the, the Star Wars uh, properties are going to be happening on small screen. It's, it, they've been extremely successful with a variety of things, not least of which is ongoing now with Mandalorian and Bad Batch. Um, Star Wars Celebration is going to be taking place this year in April, uh, April 7th through the 12th. Uh, it'll be taking place in London, England. I don't know if there's any, I wasn't sure if anybody's confused as which London that was going to be. Um, guest list is going to be pretty impressive. Uh, Phil just mentioned Giancarlo Esposito being one of the voices in TMNT. When he's not doing that, he will also be one of the guest panelists in uh, the Star Wars Celebration. Uh, David Filoni should be making an appearance as well as uh, John Favreau. Um, if you're interested in that, Star Wars Celebration Live will have streaming with commentary. So if you cannot go, uh, from what I understand, there's going to be an opportunity to uh, watch some of that stuff as it happens online. You just need to go to the Star Wars Celebration website. I'm going to build off of that. Um, yeah. Last year, right the weekend that was happening, which was back in California, I had COVID. And I put that on YouTube they did a tremendous job. Like, I figured I'd check it out, and I just left it on the whole weekend. And they were cutting back and forth. Their hosts did a really good job. Hot rumor. Are you ready for this? Um, the last two years, the one of the biggest science fiction, um, whatever you want, it's like, it's like uh, uh, almost San Diego Comic-Con-like um, called GalaxyCon. 
last year in December was in Columbus. And it was really, really successful. It's back in Columbus. Rumor is Star Wars Celebration, the next time around, is going to be in Columbus. So, if ever we were going to try to up the profile this little endeavor, now's the time, yo. And speaking of uh, profiles, here says something that has nothing to do with it. Um, A couple of years ago, I made a little wish list in one of our holiday segments, What's Under the Tree?, and I was unable to participate this year, but Gary, actually, one of his wishes was apparently my ability to wish things into existence, which has happened multiple times. Dark Crystal, um, the new Indiana Jones, uh, Willow, things I thought I really, really wanted, some other comic properties, a new te- Superman television show. All of these things are things I've wished for during our What's Under the Tree and the one I thought would never, ever see the light of day, I wanted a 30 for 30, the last dance television series based on the Star Wars Christmas special. Now, while it is not a 30 for 30 TV series, we are getting a Star Wars Christmas special documentary that is going to dissect this thing, quote, um, from every angle, the the trailer looks great. They have all kinds of celebrity cameos. They have interviews with the original cast members currently and from those who have passed on from the past. Um, it looks like they are going to leave no stone unturned for this. This would have easily been in my top five for what you're looking forward to had I known about it. I knew about this with this, this about a year ago, and then it disappeared, and now it's back, and it's coming out this holiday season. This is going to be a must-watch for any fan of Star Wars. And if you have to experience the Star Wars Christmas special, this is probably the way you're going to want to do it. But another experience from Star Wars that I thoroughly enjoyed last year is getting a second volume. Matt? Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are familiar with it, Star Wars Visions was... uh reinterpretation of Star Wars from a variety of different animation studios, primarily going to be in the anime genre from um, in Star Wars Visions uh, 1. This year they're doing it a little bit differently, uh, so this will be coming out in May, and it's going to be all over the place. We've got animation studios from Spain, we've got animation studios from, I believe, Italy, uh, France, all of these places that they're going to be going to, as well as the traditional ones with the anime style. Um, but yeah, that should be coming out here very shortly, and I'm excited. I didn't get to watch all of them. Uh, but those that I saw were actually pretty, pretty cool. Next up is Darren. Yes, from one from a galaxy far, far away to the final frontier. Oh, there you go. That was a good one. Um, Twas only a few short years ago that Star Trek Discovery ushered in a new era of Star Trek to- storytelling on TV for streaming primarily and also exclusively. So, you know, exclusively. Um, it was followed by a wave-making announcement that Patrick Stewart was returning as Jean-Luc Picard in his own standalone series, a sequel series to Star Trek The Next Generation. But now word comes that Paramount CBS is getting ready to cancel a slew of uh, Star Trek shows. Star Trek Discovery has been canceled. I found it a little tedious after a while. Um... Star Trek Picard will end after Season 3. It is currently airing Season 3 now, and whatever they did wrong in Seasons 1 and 2, boy, oh boy, they are they got something special going on for Season 3 right now. It is absolutely uh, 
tremendously engaging. However, if you guys recall, um, Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I was not able to be in the in the awards season this year. Uh, my favorite show of the year was going to be Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. It is absolutely breathtaking. It is the best show I watched last year, regardless of genre. And it at one point was told it, it would it was canceled. Uh, at at the moment, that is not true. We know season two is just around the corner, probably uh, later this spring. Uh, and right now, we do feel as though if there is one show that's going to survive and continue on, uh, it is going to be Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Although neither has been confirmed, so let's hope for my sake that that occurs. Um, but it looks like of all the, the this wave of new Star Trek content, it's all <laughs> going away real, real soon. So. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Um, last summer, the top, or the last May, the top streamed show um, of any show was Star Trek Strange New Worlds for two weeks. And then Obi-Wan came out, and that was number one for two weeks, and then Stranger Things just obliterated everything. So Star Trek Strange New Worlds absolutely had the success to warrant more seasons going forward. So I am definitely hoping that it continues. Phil? Well, talking about things that I'm weirdly excited about that I didn't even know was going to be a thing, Amazon ordered Scott Snyder's Witches to be an animated series. Did any of you, I can't remember if you were the one that read it as well, Darren. Yeah, we read it. Unbelievably fantastic, dark story that follows a 17-year-old who moves into um, a new town that there's a bunch of stories about like a witch uh, and there's a lot that is circling a tree in her backyard, and um, I'm not going to do any justice to it because I don't want to talk about the whole thing as a collective, but, but Witches is just one of those things that I really, really resonated with, and hearing that Amazon ordered a series, especially how good Invincible is, uh, I have very high expectations. So that should be coming soon. That was just announced uh, last month that, that it got greenlit, so Here's hoping that it turns out well. How about some other things, Gary, that we are really hoping turns out well? That is an excellent transition there, Phil. Um, this is my only news story for this segment because, honestly, this is the only thing that happened that I really give a rat's ass about. Um, after this, nothing else seemed to matter. On February 28th, via his Instagram account, Joe Madeira of comic book fame and video game fame, dropped a picture of his artwork for the cover of Battle Chasers number 10 with the announcement that the book will ship on June 14th. We will have new Battle Chasers this year, and we have a promised date. Mic drop. Boom. That's it. I'm out. I saw the cover. That dental plan may not be as robust as it used to be, but it's there. Oh, it's well, there. That, that's still Joe's art, so uh, yeah, it's there like sure. I said, the, the inside's going to, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to load up too much on the art. It's a big part of it. I mean, Joe's art is, I mean, it, it caught my eye in a number of different things that he did in that time period. Two in specific. Oh man, I you know I I kind of hoping he was like actually trolling us, and we're gonna open the book, and it's gonna be all his stuff. Um, like that would not. I know. I don't want to belabor the point, but did he mention the Kickstarter people? Because I'm supposed to get that. 
Um, Which means you were one of the comments asked about um, since the, the ship date was June 14th. They asked about you know when it's going to show up in the shops, and he said pretty much the same time. Oh, um, that's not very good. Because so it's yours it was when not it arrives, specifically so. addressed. Mm, I should. Get I'm that guessing that up. just means you don't have to pay for it. Uh, well, he hasn't updated that thing in a long time. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, so I'm great. I'm excited for it, Gary. It's about dang time. I am too. Um, guy, it's like I saw that, and I just it, like angels were singing, and it was it was just it was wonderful. I'm excited for you. I hope yeah. it was. I hope. I hope it's not a letdown. It will be. I, I know. It, it just. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 20 years. No, nothing that good ever happens to me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Gary, you're screwed. It's, I'm sorry. Dude. I'll just say it. Yeah. Well, well, let's, well let, let's keep the ball rolling with comic book things about letdowns or that could be letdowns. Are you all familiar with uh, Broadway musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. You know, the first the first creator died of a stroke. A bunch of people got injured. It wasn't very good. Well, I have a question about it. Yeah, was that the Broadway production that William Frazee uh, produced that turned out so bad that he had to sell Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees? Is that the same one? Sure, let's go with that. Cool, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, the producer. No. Well, it was. Um, it's. It, there's so much about it and so much going on in the background that they're like, you know what? It's about a comic book. Let's do a graphic novel. So, coming soon, Fortune and Glory, the musical, will be produced. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is going to be a big part of it. Uh, In the original interview that he had, he said that he was originally called about writing the musical itself and was like, guys, this is a bad idea. (laughs) I guess guess the rest of the story is graphic novel. So I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun ride. I obviously never saw the musical, but man, it's it's Spider-Man. So, uh, and I like Bendis. I think it'll be, I think it'll be funny um, and terrible all at the same time. But, you know, it's good stuff. We talk comic books. That's a comic book. Other comic books. And uh, like two, two of my favorite things are getting smashed together in a five-issue miniseries. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter. No idea what it's oh, going to be other than fighting. But boy, five issues of Ryu throwing Hondukins at Michelangelo just seems like something that could be great. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of these other like IDW crossovers, like Power Rangers and other things with uh, the Turtles. There's actually a really good uh, Batman uh, TMNT crossover that they did. They're just always fun and and good, and I'm hopeful that this keeps the trend going. I just had to mention it. It's it's two of my favorite IPs smacking against one another, and it's it's on the heels of Street Fighter Six coming out. So, and the TMNT movie. So. Maybe it'll be good. Let's talk about some things that might not be as good. Matt. Absolutely. Wait, Matt, what? Oh, or his oh, story. Okay. Oh, Matt in general, that. but... I'm the not good thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, not only am I not good, but my news is also not good. Uh, Disney's being sued. More specifically, Lucasfilms is being sued by Karen McCarthy, who was a producer of the HBO hit show Ballers. Uh, she was brought on, and it was through a competitive piece in which she was actually bidding between, I'm sorry, Disney and Apple Plus were di- uh, were bidding for her services. Disney ends up winning out, and then shortly thereafter, terminated her contract. She's currently in 
the court rumor will be shortly uh, for wrongful termination, stating that she was lost potential millions upon millions of dollars. But don't worry, Lucasfilm cut her a check for $5,000 to pay her for the one day of work that she apparently did. Uh, but nonetheless, obviously, if, if everything that is being reported is accurate, Lucasfilm deserves to be excluded from this one. Um, and it is kind of unfortunate. But she was brought on to assist with the Acolyte, which is going to be obviously upcoming very shortly. Um, but nonetheless, just seeing how bring that to you guys. Um, so yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that as we move forward. Moving from the courtroom to the ringside, Darren. Yeah, and this I found actually very, very compelling. It's uh, the WrestleMania's main event for this year uh, is is very, very interesting, and it's kind of brought me back into the world of professional wrestling for the first time in a while. Uh, and I kind of, for some context here, um, we just saw. LeBron James, not a, right about a month ago, break the all-time record for total points in a career. Did anyone uh, stay up to watch this? I absolutely did. I'm a basketball freak, so I watched it. I saw it as it happened. I was glad to see it. Um, and with that, we witnessed one of the last great um, untouchable records to fall. You know, the home run record in baseball. Baseball butchered that so much. That used to be the record for all sports and they made such a mess out of that that no one even cares anymore great job mlb um now there's one record i say that i think we can say that will safely never fall and that is the longest continuous heavyweight championship title reign i am speaking only of the top prize the singular heavyweight championship which dates back to the 1930s okay um does anyone happen to know gary i think you're probably the only other person on the podcast that has uh, some uh, traveled somewhat in these areas. Do you happen to know who has the longest continuous title reign in professional wrestling history? The longest continuous? Uh, I would have to say probably Ric Flair. No. no. Bruno Sammartino defeated it's Buddy Martino. Rogers. Okay. Uh, keep in mind, Ric Flair, you know, 16-time world champ, which means he lost it 17 times. So, it's 16 times, yeah, yeah. 17 times. Bruno San Martino has the longest continuous run. He defeated Buddy Rogers on May 17, 1963, to become the then WWF champion, uh, while under a modified, updated name. This is the exact same top prize of today's WWE. San Martino would go on to successfully defend this title over the span of 660 matches 2,803 days, roughly seven and a half years. This is the longest continuous professionally reigned by a wide margin as it is measured in the number of days as opposed to a simple passage of time, which is how these are measured. Number two is Bob Backlund for 2,135 days. Anyone want to take a stab at who number three is? You're probably thinking it. Goldberg? Nope. No, that was an undefeated streak. Never mind. Um... WWF. Hulk Hogan. You got Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan with 1,474 days. Number four, Brunar San Martino again, 1,237 days. It goes on. Now, the current title holder, Roman Reigns, has held the belt for an impressive 960 days if he hangs on until WrestleMania 39 on April 1st. His opponent, Cody Rhodes, won the 30-man over-the-top Royal Rumble to earn a championship match against Roman Reigns in this year's main event. This is as compelling a matchup for the main event as has seen in quite a few years, and it's kind of brought me back in. Reigns' real name is Joe Anoa, is the Anoa family of professional wrestlers, beginning with High Chief Peter Maivea, 
which have ne- which have featured nearly 20 different members of the Anoa'i family, making it to professional wrestling, including the current tag team champions Jimmy and Jay Uso, their enforcer Solo Sokoa. Reigns' first uh, cousin is who? Anybody know? The Rock. Yeah, I did that earlier too, Phil, and no one paid attention, so I'm not going to pay attention to it now either. Oh, I did. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, The Rock. His real-life cousin is The Rock. He leads a uh, group of heels called The Bloodline. Now, Cody Rhodes is real-life son of American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Dusty is as legendary as a professional wrestler as they come. He is among the first to portray himself as the people's champion. In fact, he helped train The Rock, and a lot of The Rock's character came from Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes also trained Roman Reigns, but he never trained Cody Rhodes, his real-life son. So now we enter these two. They are not building a storyline in this thing. They're just going straight up what's happening. It's really, really interesting. Uh, so just to put a fine point on this, Rhodes, if, if, if Reigns were to break San Martino's record by winning at WrestleMania, he would have to hold the belt until July of 2028. Should Cody Rhodes defeat Roman Reigns and go to break San Martino's record, he would go on to hold the the belt until December third, twenty thirty. I just felt this was interesting um, because we saw that record fall, and I was thinking about records in sports and how little they mean now. Um, so there you go. Uh, the WrestleMania main event. I don't have a way to watch it because I don't have the service on which it airs. Um, so honestly, I don't know why I did this. I did it for right. Matt's. I did it for Matt because I know Matt's a huge wrestling fan. Um, <laughs> go look up Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. Go up look, go look up Cody Rhodes. Oh, right, here's one thing you should check out: Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. He wrestled with a torn pectoral, which was an actual torn pectoral. It was really hard to watch. It oh, looked really yeah. painful, and he did it in a hell of a cell, Gary. <laughs> anyway, uh, from wrestling to. Um, something else, which is something I would have been interested in watching with you, Gary, but you decided to go ahead and watch it without me. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, we're just going to do this the whole time you're talking because you screwed me over. All right. your eyes. What? All right. Um, history of the world part two, uh, as of this recording, uh, debuted three days ago, uh, is a four day event, which means it's wrapping up tonight. Um, I have had the opportunity to watch three of the four episodes. Um, it's different. I I don't know what exactly I was expecting. And I don't know if it's, I mean, this was what, 42 years ago when the first movie came out. Um, it's, it's, I keep trying to want to draw parallels between the two to try to see if it's like the same, but a lot of the references in this series didn't exist 42 years ago. So it's kind of hard to do that. Um, the best way I can describe it, um, give it a couple days. Um, you're going to watch the first day and you're not going to, it's not going to leave a great taste in your mouth. Um, I liken it to listening to jazz. It starts off, it feels very disconnected, but then it hits a certain point where it seems like it kind of melds up together and things start feeling like they belong there. So, um, it's a little more vulgar and in your face than the original movie. Um, in a sense, like, Mel Brooks would kind of imply that a certain person, you should feel a certain way about them. Uh, in this series, it has come out and say, this dude's an a-hole or like, whatever, you know, so there, there's not a lot left to the imagination. Um, I've been looking forward to this. 
and uh, it came out, and I had Hulu, so I'm watching it. Check it out, guys. Would you watch it again? Good. For yeah. someone who doesn't yeah, have Hulu, it would, you know, at some point you'd come over to their house and, like, hang out and stuff. Yeah. To someone who's starved for friendship. And this person going to be a turd while they're there. Oh. <laughs> huh? All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, we actually have some breaking news. I just got a text from one of our <laughs> former <laughs> code hosts. And the Batman animated series follow-up that has been in production for over a year now was canceled by HBO, has been officially resurrected and saved by Amazon. Hmm. So for those of us who are waiting for that with... Baited breath. <laughs> Baited bat breath. Bat breath. Ozzy Osbourne has that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, so that's, that's some breaking news. I literally I just got a text from him. So, Gary, I do want to see this, uh, Where uh, The History of the World Part 2. Doesn't sound like it's a Mel Brooks movie, but I'm glad I know that going in. He, uh, he does the narration. He's not. He has not been in any of the scenes yet. And they do touch upon two that I can confirm. Uh, segments that they uh, previewed in the original movie. Oh, do they? Okay. I shouldn't say it because those are... I don't know how those exist in the world we're in today. Certainly back in the 70s when he made that movie, probably didn't care. Oh, the 70s and 80s. What a wild time that was. Anyway. Okay, guys. We're about to embark on one of our top 10 lists here. It's the top 10 most powerful non-traditional characters. And how do I define non-traditional? I don't. Um... Now these are selections that we've we they're just something that we have not covered on the podcast. Uh, so Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Trek, anything else under the Disney umbrella, stuff like this is off limits, including anything else related to it. Now certainly it's almost impossible to find something that's not related to Disney or something, but you understand my point. Like if you start talking about oh my number one Spider Man, I'm gonna reach through the TV and slap whoever says that. Um, so it's a collective. Now I used a couple of examples. Uh, but I don't want to give you these examples here because I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, ruin anyone if they, whichever direction we're going to go, because literally I think we're all going to go in completely different directions here. So these characters, these are characters that are going to come out of God knows where. All right. But the, the, the caveat is they should have some sort of power or be able to demonstrate some sort of power in some respects where you could envision them perhaps facing off against some of these characters from Marvel or DC or Star Wars or Trek or anything like that. By the way, anime is also off limits. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Too late in the game to change. So, yeah, I think my uh, list is uh, mostly violating the rules here. Sorry. Yeah, and I think my I yeah. It'll be interesting to see how we interpret this. Tell yes. you what, there's no Marvel, DC, Star Wars, or Star Trek on mine. They're not on mine either. Now, here's the thing. Um, it's, it'll be very fun to do this. Um, I lost my train of thought. I'm going to pause for a moment. It's been a while. Anyone want to jump in here for a second help me out? No? All right, well, with your permission, then, I'll just go with the honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, I'll kick off the honorable mentions here. My number 10, buckle up, Gary. My number 10 is middle-aged man and drinking buddy. Their sage advice and self-conscious self-awareness breeds confidence and sympathy. All at once, they saved the world? No. They saved a city? No. 
they save some lonely housewife from worrying about her new haircut. Yeah, and the world was a better place for it. I think they have a shot against Thanos. Uh, my number nine is Super Dave Osborne. The man has survived everything. There's literally nothing you can do to that man to kill him. My number seven is Blue Falcon and Dynamite. The man has a dog that's a Swiss Army knife or a Swiss Army knife that's a dog. Also a cool costume and a cool hover car. My number... Did I say seven? I skipped eight. Yeah, nine. No, I said nine. That was Super Dave Osborne. Oh, I thought that was ten. That was Middle-Aged Man and Drinking Buddy. There you go. Which is basically us now, right? Middle-Aged and Drinking? (laughs) Um... My number, the reason I'm pausing in my number seven, because eight was Blue Falcon and Dynamite, because it's actually, I think I went through this to add it to just be more as ridiculous as I can, but I have Harmonica from Once Upon a Time in the West. Nothing funny about that, but there it is. Um, and my number six is C. Montgomery Burns, quietly carving his own absurd wing in the pantheon of diabolical villains. Excellent. It's all coming together now. Gary? Wow. Um, all right. Uh, I have no honorable mentions. Um, and I think uh, half of my list is uh, in violation of the rules here. My number 10, uh, Kenny McCormick from South Park. Um, for a number of years there, he uh, died every day, but then uh, the next day and nobody noticed. Um, so apparently Kenny cannot be killed. I do believe this was touched upon um, in one of their superhero episodes as he came back as the question. Uh, somebody... Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, number nine, uh, sort of in the same vein, Wiley Coyote. Um, the number of times I saw this dude get blown up, uh, fall from who knows how high, you know, the heights, uh, take a face plant, uh, run over by a train, and uh, nothing kept this dude down. Number eight, uh, Kratos. Uh, I don't know if this violates. I mean, I have not talked about this myself, but I know he has been mentioned on the podcast, so he's probably in violation. No, Mark and I spoke about him. You did not. Yep, violation. Okay. That's All it. Right. Personal no, foul. The dude kills gods. All right. What? Uh, number seven, uh, Beerus. Um, this is not really my wheelhouse here, but uh, like in the handful of Dragon Ball Z episodes I've seen. Super. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, like, uh, Goku was in, like, Saiyan God mode, and Beerus was just shrugging him off. Well, one, Dragon Ball Super. Here, I'm going to put on my anime nerd glasses. Mm, okay, Dragon please. Ball Super, Beerus is a god. That's why he was able to fight Goku in God mode, because he's the one that taught Goku how to fight in God mode. Why is Phil before, adjusting his glasses, but he's not wearing before, glasses? Before he went Super <laughs> Saiyan like blue. Well, okay, and, and this is uh, kind of fuzzy, but isn't like Beerus's assistant actually the one that trained Beerus or something like that? Is. So he's technically more powerful than Beerus is. That's where he learned. You know what? Let's not go into Ultra Instinct. There's a lot of anime stuff that I keep away. Okay. Because I pretend that there is not this giant part of me that we don't talk about on this podcast that I'm saving for my talks. Okay. Like I said, this is not something I'm like really into, which is why I figured it fit to the list. But it works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number six, um, and this is Marvel, but this is not someone we've ever brought up, uh, Molecule Man. Uh, I figure anybody that could just take nothing and make something out of it, you know, whether it's like the air in your lungs and turn it to dirt or something, you know, you, you don't mess with that dude. Uh, and in the same, wait, 
that was number six. I guess that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Matt, what do you got? All right. I do have a couple of honorable mentions, but I'll move through them quickly. Uh, I went actually with people who don't have any powers but seem to be able to outwit or outfight their individuals uh, that they're in uh, competition with. First off, I've got Lisbeth Salander from the Stieg Larson mm. series with the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest, all that fun stuff. No relation. Number 13, I got Sarah Connor uh, from T and T2 fame. Uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. Of course, he is the one who knocks. And Al Swearingen and Seth Bullock uh, tied for number 11. That ends my honorable mentions, and that is also from Deadwood. Yes. Number 10. <laughs> number 10, I've got Jules Winfield. Now, this one is a sentimental favorite of mine. I almost put him up a little bit higher. But, of course, this is going to be Samuel L. Jackson's character from Pulp Fiction. Uh, number nine, and I wonder if I'm stealing from Darren here, is going to be Clint Eastwood's The Man With No Name. I've Fistful spoken about it a lot. Dollars more and uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Of course, I've seen two out of those three, and they are amazing. He's awesome in them. Number eight is The Bride. And that's obviously going to be from Quentin Tarantino's movies there. Guys, I'm blanking on the names of those. What was the name of the movie again that he did? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Uma Thurman, yes, Kill Bill. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, sticking with the martial arts theme, I've got a tie. Unfortunately, I keep on cheating with these ones here a little bit. And this is probably the one that is a little bit the most uh, superhero um, that I did. And it's going to be the characters Lee Mubai and Shu Lian from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, of course, that's Chow Yun-Fat and Michelle Yao. And number six is admittedly a recency bias for me. I just watched this movie. I was blown away. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And that's going to be Michael B. Jordan's Adonis Creed. Wow. Yeah, pretty really? Better uh, than Rocky. Outstanding. Well. Uh, Rocky felt, I was kind of trying to go in with me. Rocky predated me ever existing. So mm. I, I don't know. So, But uh, Rocky is also in there. And I figure I could get to mention him as well. Uh, but yeah, so those are my wow. honorable mentions. And 10 through 6. All right, uh, Phil. So I might to assume there is some anime. Not at all. Not okay. Well, I, I think you're lying. So you know what? Let's just move on. So thanks for stopping by, Phil. No, uh, no, no. So okay. next month okay. we'll talk about. Um... Uh, so uh, honorable mentions: uh, two video games and one and, and, and one anime. So Prince of the Cosmos from Katamari Damacy. Uh, he can roll anything into a giant ball and turn it into a star. If you haven't played that game, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, Tenjiro Kamado from Demon Slayer. I won't talk about that. Zangief from Street Fighter. Uh, I mean, it's Zangief. Come on. All right, anyway, let's move guy. on. What was that, Darren? He's not a every bad time, guy. Every time I hear Zangief, I always think of Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. a bad guy, Zangief, not a bad, not bad guy. guy. But Zangief, not bad guy. <laughs> I like when he pulls his, his trunks out. It's just, God, Zangief. <laughs> All right, so number 10. Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden from the Dresden Files. Have any of you guys read these books at all? I have the DVD of this. I guess it was one season. Uh, I, I got it from my dad, and he gave it to me. So I, I have. I've yet to watch it though. Basically, a paranormal detective who's a wizard. Yeah. Pretty. It's it's pretty up our alley. Uh, it's it's they're fun reads. Read about five of them back to back, and then I fell off the series. I've now gone back. But popped into my head with this. Uh, definitely might swoop back. Number nine, Sonic the Hedgehog. He is super fast, and if he gets all the Chaos Emeralds, you cannot touch him. Try to fight Sonic. Seriously. 
Gary, my number eight, can fight your Beerus because his name is Goku. No matter what he fights, he just gets stronger and stronger, and his hair just keeps changing color. I'm getting that's, longer. That's some scary stuff. That is some scary, scary stuff. Uh, I seven, would go Saiyan just for the hair. Right. The, yeah. No, I, I still got, I still got mine. Yeah. I uh, number seven, another anime reference you guys won't get. Senku from Doctor Stone. Um, it like falling apart society in which he survives using science and is able to like recreate things from the modern world in a world that is stone. Since hence Doctor Stone. Uh, it's actually really interesting if you want to get down on it. And my number six is something completely out of the realm of things we normally talk about is Dave Grohl because he can rock us so hard. He has that kind of power. Master storyteller as well. Master storyteller was the devil in Tenacious D. <laughs> he is. And I have three of his bobbleheads. That's right. Okay. He, he is Dave Grohl. Did anyone see his movie? The yeah, Studio uh, 666? Is it good? Yeah. Define good. Is it is it funny? I mean, <laughs> entertained. I'm, 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 I'm not looking for uh, uh, um, Gone with the Wind here. It's it's exactly what you want it to be. All it's right, good. That's and beautiful in a campy way. All right. It's worth watching. Right. If you want a good like campy wanna be horror movie, but it's definitely not a horror movie. Studio Are you not entertained? Yeah, it's great. Well, your selection uh, of Dave Grohl definitely makes one of my top five selections a, a little bit easier because I was worried that uh, it wasn't going to work. But thank you, Phil. That was uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so we're going to finish off this list in a couple of weeks here with our top five. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, Phil, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're going to do the do top it. five of our most non-traditional characters. <laughs> I was about to tease <laughs> to the retroactive review. It says, retroactive review, Matt, and he just put no. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, So we either are or are not going to have a retroactive review. I do feel I was as pretty well. clear here, gentlemen. <laughs> no, no. So, of course, I got something lined up for you guys. I'm excited for that. So we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Oh, all right. Um, is that how it goes, Phil? Is that is that good? Is that well? That and make sure if you are enjoying this to follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Make some uh, comments. Tell us maybe your top ten non-traditional most powerful characters. But until what, like two weeks from now, enjoy <laughs> your comics. No.